Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of Fantasy Romance and Romantic Fantasy. I'm here with my first cup of coffee and with a cat. Uh, if you're on video, you may have seen the tail go by, and here he is. Uh, he jumped up on my desk right as the camera was going live. Jackson, say hello to everybody. <laughs> I don't know why he thinks he has to be up here right now. Except that he's been very much into loving lately. And so now you get to see his butt because that's how a cat shows their love. Now, you going to sit there? Okay, you sit right there. He's sitting off to the side now. You want to see? I left my office door open because David's taking a bath. Here we go. Now we can have first cup of coffee with a cat. Yeah, cats don't like coffee. So today is Tuesday, March 29th. Uh, hope you all are doing well. It's a uh, rainy Tuesday here in Santa Fe. I don't know if Jackson's thinking that maybe he wants to go out already. You want me to leave him in the photo range? There we go. You can see the back of his head. Um, yeah, sorry, I'm thoroughly distracted by the cat visit. That's why I get for leaving my door open. So let's see. Um, yeah, Wix going well for me so far. Hope it's going well for you. I did get my 2000 words yesterday. It's, it's interesting. It's um, much easier to get them on Monday after a couple days of rest. And then harder towards the end of the week. So we'll have to see if um, is 2000 a day really sustainable. I sure hope it is because I don't want to slow down more than that. But I do have to abide by my uh, own advice, right? Find out what your process is and own it. Oh, there he goes. Going on his merry way. So that was a special day though. Doesn't that mean something? The cat comes to visit you. So probably not in households where you have lots of cats that come and visit you all the time. It seemed like I had a few things to talk about today and now I don't know what any of them are. All right. Um, so one thing I do know I want to talk about is I mentioned, um, well, I guess it was on Friday when I was talking about, uh, the CEFWA changes in membership requirements. And I mentioned the story about how my, uh, my story, uh, Pearl got published in two different magazines, almost at the same time by accident. Um, and I mentioned that it was uh, the second time that that happened to me. And the first time was in this Wyoming Wildlife Magazine, which was the magazine and is still the magazine for uh, Wyoming Game and Fish. So I was living up in Wyoming at the time and I worked for Wyoming Game and Fish. I was working in the lab there as I was finishing my master's degree because I was cutting bait and getting my master's and going to become a writer. So I'd started writing essays, but still had to finish writing my 
master's thesis. And I had, I was sending out essays places all the time. Yeah. And I talked about this some on Friday, I think. Yeah. Uh, that I had, um, you know, my ping pong method where I would send a story out. I would have it at three places at a time, which looking back on it, I was really proud of my, I'm really proud of myself that I did that. Um, it was a good way to do it by treating it like ping pong. As soon as rejection comes in, you send out another, you, you de-emphasize the importance of a rejection. All a rejection is, is notice that you need to send it out somewhere else. Um, I've never been able to subscribe to the, which seems to me overly perky advice. Uh, like when people say every rejection you get puts you that much closer to publication. Um, I, I've never really got that one, but it was a, you send it out, they send it back. I could get behind the ping pong thing. And I had my list of publications of the order that I wanted things published in organized. Um, I sorted by different criteria. Um, I didn't always know what I was doing. For instance, I did not understand. I mentioned this on Friday when I was talking about trying to get that science fiction story published. I didn't understand the arcania of the science fiction and fantasy short fiction market which I now understand much better than I did then. And yet I still find it um, arcane, I guess. I'm glad I'm a novelist. There's, it, it's a very particular community, the short fiction market. And I did not understand then that there were uh, the, the qualifying markets that would qualify you for CIFWA membership. And people would submit to those first because that would, be more likely to make them CIFWA members. And really it's supposed to be that they pay pro rates. And I'll take this moment to do a, a little bit of a plug for CIFWA because what we're doing is now that we've changed membership requirements, we're creating a much more comprehensive uh, scorecard for marketplaces that will take into account many more things than whether or not they pay pro rates because just because a marketplace pays um, what we consider to be, and really we need to change our lingo. I need to do that too. Minimum pro rate, minimum pro rate is eight cents a word, which is like you guys rock bottom. I've talked about how, you know, like in, in back in the day, the glory days, I got paid a dollar a word, a dollar a word. And we're calling minimum pro rates, eight cents a word. Well, there's a little bit of difference there. Um, <laughs> I don't know what voice that was. So we need to take into account the fact that even though a marketplace may pay eight cents a word, that that doesn't necessarily put food on the table, right? Which is really our goal. We want writers to be paid professional rates. We want people to be able to make a living from their art and their craft. So there are other things about marketplaces, whether they are um, open to submissions. Um, there are some marketplaces that say they're open to submissions, but really 
they only take stuff that they solicit or that come through agents. It's not necessarily bad, but it, it is a factor in, is this something that a writer can access? Um, you know, like what kind of commitment do they have to, to BIPOC? Um, how responsive are they? What are their contract terms like? How soon do they pay? A market may uh, promise to pay a minimum professional rate, but drag their feet forever. They might try for right scraps. So these are all things that we want to take into account in, uh, and we're going to end up giving uh, different markets scores. And you know, like the more they pay, the higher the score they get, but also there's other scores in there. And this short fiction committee has been working really hard on this and they're amazing. And eventually I would like to expand this out to um, novel markets and so forth. And, you know, like even online retailers, what score would we give Amazon? I mean, we bank the money there, which ends up being like the make or break, right? But um, responsiveness can be lacking. Although we do, Sephwa has an Amazon liaison who has been very responsive. I can email her and she has replied quickly. So, so that's something and that's good to have for when we, we save that for when we need to escalate things. So anyway, um, here I was back in the day, sending out lots of short fiction pieces and to all kinds of markets. And so I had sent the, I had sent an essay to Wyoming wildlife and I don't think I'd realized it at the time, but actually I was no longer working for game and fish. I had been working for game and fish and was no longer because I had gotten this job as an editor writer with a petroleum group because I was building my writing chops and but the editor of the magazine, Chris Manson, didn't realize that. And they had this policy where they did not pay department employees for articles. And so imagine my surprise when David brought home the magazine, because all employees got a free copy, got a free subscription. And here was my essay by Jeffy Kennedy, at least correct byline this time, um, called Bullets. And it was about me learning, David teaching me how to shoot a, a gun, which I didn't want to learn how to do. Um, so not only did they not pay me, but I had no idea I was going to print it. Um, and this is, this is an example of not a great marketplace, right? Because they, and this happens sometimes magazines, just they edit your story and they don't tell you anything about it. So I ended up having to go to like the higher ups in game and fish and be like, you know, basically they stole my story and Chris Manson had to apologize and pay me. I did get paid. I don't remember what I got paid. It may have been a dollar a word because I was bringing out like all of the industry guns. They're, you know, fighting for those rights even then. Right. Um, and part of the concession, part of the 
I you know to make it up to me which I thought was funny. So there was this guy who was um, his name was John Kennedy no relation unless it's like way way back uh, was I don't remember what his title was but he was one of the higher ups in the agency. Uh, part of it was as he said that they would agree to publish like two more essays from me to make up for this. And so all I had to do was like send the ideas to Chris Manson who was like really pissed that he got called out on the carpet for doing this. It was a shitty thing to do. He should have never done it in the first place but he was really mad to get caught and that he'd made the mistake. You know I think he thought I was an employee so he could just publish it and do whatever the hell he wanted. So you are all uh, storytellers I assume or you would not be story readers. Uh, you would not be listening to this podcast. I bet you can guess where this story is going. Yes uh, I never published another thing with that magazine. I sent Chris all kinds of essay ideas and he ignored me ignored me entirely and I had told John Kennedy that this would happen and he's like oh I don't think so but he also didn't care. Once he dealt with the problem and came up with the solution he um, moved on with his life. Um, but it's interesting because it's one of the ways that uh, publishing I'm trying to think of um, the analogy for this though but like every industry takes advantage of the creators as much as they can right. We know all these stories about you know like the um, the movie companies having their stables of actors and controlling their actors lives and you know you see the biopics on that like about Judy Garland and that sort of thing. Uh, we know things about like the record companies and how they use the talent and try to control the talent and the same thing happens in the publishing world. Uh, traditional publishing from short fiction markets to the publishers who know, put the books out in the world they they will take advantage of the creator as much as possible and it's not it's not always malicious uh, and in fact I think a lot of them would would protest me saying this and I may get protests about this because they will say no that they they love their writers they love their creators without their creators they wouldn't have content and they understand this and they know this. But the thing is is that they are also in business they are doing this thing because it's a business for them and so yes they need the content and they love the content but they're not doing this out of the goodness of their heart. Now I will caveat this that there are some short fiction markets uh, in particular that and even some small presses that are doing it out of the goodness of their hearts. Uh, they're also struggling because they uh, you know they're blah, 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 I'm not being articulate um, a lot of them are struggling because they're trying to do their best but they aren't necessarily um, doing as well as the cutthroat ones which is ironic right. So what's the what's the solution here what are we talking about uh, I think it's that being your own champion that you just have to be ready to fight for yourself. Um, you know if we go to the the rock band example 
one of the things that we we can see in the movies that we know that happens is that the rock bands get out there and they're they're partying. I mean, it's a really difficult schedule. You know, they're going from place to place and they're clock shifted and they're partying hard and they're encouraged to party. And very often they are, <laughs> everything's deducted from what they're making. I have a friend who dated um, a member of Dokken. Remember them back in the day? And he like failed to pay taxes for a lot of years and he got levied these enormous fines and blew all his money and much later was like living in his mother's sewing room. He had nothing left. So the thing is, is that you don't there's never an excuse to not be smart about your business practices. And I think that the business minded people know this about creators is that creators are not necessarily business minded. We don't want to be right. But if we did, we'd be in business, right? But you got to learn, you got to be ready to fight for your rights and you have to be ready to, you know, to get mean with people, you know, and, not all of us like to do that either, but you have to keep in mind that uh, if they can take advantage of you, it's usually to their benefit to do so. My nose is so itchy today. That's why I keep pausing. I'm sure it's like the allergy thing. I'm getting pollen itches. <laughs> so, you know, I guess the other message I have here is that I didn't have any way to leverage Wyoming wildlife or Wyoming game and fish after that point. Once I'd signed that agreement, there was no, no further penalty. And really I didn't have a whole lot of leverage to begin with other than threatening to expose them. You know, it was, uh, that's often the only recourse we have against these groups or companies or corporations, right, is to make them look bad, to threaten their sales. That's the only thing they really care about. Game and Fish is a government agency, so it was a little bit different there. Um, but ultimately, they have the ability to resist. And so that's what we have to do as creators. That's why we have organizations like Sephora to uh, be able to band together to create that leverage and to support each other. So thus endeth the sermon, I suppose. Uh, yeah, I don't think I have anything else to talk about today. I hope that you all have a wonderful Tuesday and I will talk to you all on Thursday. You all take care. Bye-bye.